I invite you to take your Bibles to turn to chapter or to Philippians chapter 1. We're going to be looking at verses 3 to 11 today. If you don't have a Bible with you and you'd like to follow along, there are some under the chairs where you are seated, and you could use that as well. First of all, I want to thank you for last night. That was really special, a celebration. Thank you for your your cards, your gifts, your kind words, and just the things that were expressed. What a what a joy that was. And uh, thank you, Bev, for organizing that and uh, keeping it moving along. She knew I like things in an orderly fashion, and you did really well with that. That was great. And today, uh, this is not going to be a normal sermon. Uh, normally, you know, I like to do expository preaching, go through a text, verse by verse, chapter by chapter, book by book. And today, instead, I have chosen this particular passage, um, stepping out of our series in Luke's Gospel, because I really felt that this expresses well how I feel about all of you. And I want to share from these verses today. I want to share some stories, share my heart. Like I said, it's not a normal message because this is not a normal Sunday. And so uh, let me read the text for us as we begin, and then I'll pray. Philippians 1, beginning at verse 3. Paul says, I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It is right for me to feel this way about all of you since I have you in my heart. For whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. And God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in love and, and excuse me, more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Let's pray. Father, I just pray that today you would speak through your word to your people and that you would use me to share and to give you praise and glory for what you have done in these past years of ministry. What a joy it has been to see your hand at work and to see lives change and people come to know Christ and grow in their relationship with you. To you belongs the glory. Amen. Well, it is hard to believe that 32 years have passed and that this is going to be my last sermon as senior pastor at Lakes Free Church. Uh, When I came here, I was 30 years old. And I can remember as a young pastor thinking, how do pastors do this? I mean, how am I going to come up with something to say every week for the next 30-some years, you know? It it seemed like a daunting task at the time. And yet every week as I have gone before the Lord in study and in prayer and going to his word, God has supplied. And I've never done anything like preaching before where I've had this sense that God wants to speak to his people. And he has a word. He has something that he wants 
to share. And there are so many times when you have said to me after a message, you know, Rick, that was just what I needed to hear today. Well, that, that was the Lord, you know, who's working in those situations and speaking to you. And second, when I came, I remember meeting with a group. There was this a search committee from the Cost Evangelical Free Church. And one of the questions that uh, one of the persons asked me was how long, you know, I thought I would stay. And at that time, it was probably more common for pastors to be in a church maybe five years, maybe 10 years, you know, on the outside. And, and so I thought, well, I'll say 10 years. <laughs> and, and thinking, wouldn't that be great? And then, uh, as you know, we started out, we were in rented facilities. First, the old Methodist church in Lindstrom for a couple of years. And then we rented space at the high school where we met just down here for four years while we were saving up money for land and a building. And, um, you know, one day, uh, Carl Hassig was senior member of that group saw Gail and I and our two sons walking into the high school that morning. We were going to set up for church again. And he said to me, he said, someday your sons are going to graduate from this high school. And, and I'm looking at our sons, and they're probably five and seven at that time. And I'm thinking, wouldn't that be wonderful? And, um, you know, I just didn't know that at that time how it was going to go. But to think that all three of our sons graduated from Chisago High School and that uh, two of our sons got married here in this church and all of the different things that we have witnessed in that time. It's a rare privilege to be a pastor in one church this long, uh, to actually uh, think about uh, baby dedication and baptism and graduation and then marrying one of those children, you know, and uh, Don and Julie Button know what that is about. And, you know, to see that life change and what's happened uh, over the course of those years is tremendous. I never imagined that I would be here this long. But Gail and I feel truly blessed by God and by you. And today I want to say thank you. That's what this message really is about for me. I want to thank you for your partnership in the gospel. And Paul writes about that here uh, in this passage. And he told the Philippians, he said, I thank my God every time I remember you. And in all my prayers, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. The Apostle Paul started the church in Philippi on his second missionary journey. And he wasn't there long. He got run out of town. I mean, there was opposition. There were people that did not want to hear the message, the gospel that he was sharing. And yet, Paul felt this great connection with these new believers in that church. He would go back and he would visit them again. And this particular letter of Philippians, he wrote some 10 years later, and here he is, you know, he's naming names and he's thinking of individuals and what God has done and he's expressing his joy for them. It was obvious that a deep connection had been made. And Paul thanked them for their partnership. That word is koinonia in Greek. We sometimes translate it as fellowship, but I like the word partnership. I think Today, I think fellowship has kind of been watered down. We tend to think of fellowship more like getting together for a cup of coffee or maybe having a church potluck. 
and we think of it in that social context. But fellowship is more than that. Fellowship is joining in the work. That's what he means by their partnership in the gospel, that they joined in the work. Biblical fellowship, true fellowship, means that we share things in common. We have a common faith. We have a common Lord. We have a common mission that we are joining in to go and make disciples of all nations. We have a a common sharing of our lives because we are part of the same family. And so we open our hearts to one another and we connect in that deeper way. And that is exactly what the Philippians did. I mean, if we had the time to walk through this letter, you would see that they prayed for Paul. They joined in his defense of the gospel. They suffered with Paul as he was persecuted. They would send one of their own members, Epaphroditus, to join Paul in his work, to be an assistant with him. They supported Paul. They gave generously time and time again. And Paul will say in 2 Corinthians 8 that they even gave out of their poverty. They joined in the work, and they did it wholeheartedly. And they shared Paul's joy. And I think about how from the first day, you have been partners in ministry in this church. We started, as was mentioned last night, with 14 families who came together with a vision to begin a new church in the Chisago Lakes area here in Lindstrom. By that next spring, we had 52 charter members who were part of that nucleus that started this church. We had six years where we met in rented facilities, setting up every Sunday, And we have gone through four building projects. We have added staff. Our team has grown to 18 people who are on staff at our church here. And every week, you have been involved in this ministry as Sunday school teachers, as adult Bible fellowship leaders and small group leaders. Uh, You have joined in leading our student ministry worship team, children's ministry, finance, building and grounds, missions. You have been prayer partners. You have been generous givers, willing volunteers. And because of your partnership in the gospel, hundreds have come to know Christ. It would be into the thousands who have come to know Christ through your witness and the people we have sent out. The church has grown. Lives have been changed. Your life has been changed by the grace of God. Churches have been planted in Wyoming, Minnesota, and Osceola, Wisconsin. Missionaries have been sent out and supported and prayed for from this church. Disciples have been made, and laborers have been raised up from our church who have gone into the harvest. That's one of the things that gives me the greatest joy is to see how God has raised up 41 people from our church who have gone into full-time ministry for at least two years or more. Praise God. And the God who began this good work will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. This is his church, and he will continue to lead and guide, and what a joy it is to know that with confidence. 
I want to thank you too for your friendship and love. Paul says here, it is right for, my, for me to feel this way about you all since I have you in my heart. And that's how I feel about all of you. I have you in my heart. Ministry is hard work and it is heart work. Both of those, if I can pronounce that clearly. You know, there are sermons to prepare every week. And if you talk to another pastor and you ask him, you know, when is that sermon done? It's not done till you give it. I mean, you're, you're thinking about it all during the week. It is there, and you're, it's kind of perking in the back of your mind, and there's a rhythm that goes with Sunday's always coming. And you're working on it. And sometimes it comes early in the week, and it's like, got that idea, this is going to be good, or I really am looking forward to sharing this. And other weeks, it's just a, it's a struggle, and it's like, what am I going to say? And Sunday's coming, and maybe it's Saturday morning that the ideas come, and you're, you're kind of sweating it out here a little bit as you go along. But there's a rhythm that goes with preaching that is a labor of love. But in addition to that, there are people to see, there are meetings to lead, there are crises to step into. You never know what a day may bring. And we have shared joys and we have shared sorrows together. There have been mountaintop experiences that I look back on and just treasure. And then there are valleys that we have walked through. Valleys of sorrow and grief. But God has been there. And it is those things that really often are the things that bond us together. Paul will write in 2 Corinthians about the weight of ministry, and we feel that as pastors. We love you, we care for you, and we enter in, we empathize with what you are going through. And that is a genuine burden that we carry for people and for the church. But there are blessings too. And sometimes I have walked around this building and I have thought, how did all of this happen? I mean, I mean, I, I look and I think about what took place here as the church grew and the building projects and the missions and the outreach in the community and all of those things. How did it happen? Well, God did it. And he did it through you working together. I go back and I think about that first building project. And what a wonderful group of people God brought together for that building project, for that committee. I mean, we had Ron Swanson, who was a general contractor. We had Dennis Johnson, who worked with roofing. We had Harry Aselius, who was an electrician. We had uh, Dan Shanahan, who worked with concrete masonry. Uh, we had Owen Hall. He worked in the uh, fire uh, safety. Um, we had... Pat and Janet, Pat Post, Janet Hain, who were just so good on design and, you know, kind of how things look and aesthetics. What a gifted building committee. I, I mean, I met with other pastors who were just envious. I knew one guy down in the cities, they had a building project, and their building committee was made up of basically bankers and lawyers. And I mean, those are good professions, but for a building committee, and they really struggled with some of these decisions on what to do and what not to do. And, and I even think of that first architect that we used, a man named Eldon Morrison, um, who came out, and what was so good about him was he wanted to know our 
vision for the future. How do we see this church growing? And do you know, he listened to us. He didn't come. Some architects come and they want to impose like their ideas of how they think it should be. But he was a guy who listened. And so he took our ideas and he laid out a master plan for this property that we have. That's If you went back and you looked at that, it's pretty amazing. Sanctuary, the education wing, the gym, how everything laid out, which is why this facility, even though we've gone through four building projects, has a cohesiveness to it. it. It seems like it was all planned. And God was in it. And so many, many stories along the way. I'm going to treasure our vacation Bible schools, that's for sure. Um, I've never seen a church like this church with VBS that puts everything into it and the decorating, the whole building is transformed. The kids come, they have no idea uh, how wonderful this is until maybe they leave and then they look back and they think, that was tremendous. But to see this place filled with 250 kids here and 100 or more volunteers who help with that and every year just pouring out their heart and kids coming to know Jesus, um, it has been tremendous. I think of missions and what God did there and Wade shared last night how much that was on my heart. And, you know, in that area of missions, when we started, John and Mary Dorfer uh, came to Lindstrom. John was a surgeon. They had been on the mission field in Ecuador. And God brought them to this community. And they were here only two years, but John's the one who uh, formed our missions team, helped us write our missions policy, put things down of what we wanted to see happen. Uh, he was here when we uh, sent out our first missionaries that were part of this church who had come here. And it was amazing. And John was the one who introduced me to Americo Saavedra, this friend from Peru, who I have traveled with and done pastoral training in many parts of Latin America. And it all came out of that connection with John. And I have stood in amazement and thought, you know, how could God take someone like Americo, who grew up in the jungles of Peru and came to know the Lord, through HCJB World Radio there. God brought him to Trinity too and to the States for training as God opened doors for him to go to Moody and then Trinity. And um, he would take me from, you know, I grew up 60 miles from Canada in Northwest Minnesota. And how could he bring two guys from such different parts of the world together who had a kindred spirit and a vision for making disciples? and working together, and that was a wonderful relationship. And over and over again, I mean, I've just seen how God has brought people to our church at just the right time. I think of that with Pastor Jason. You know, moving to this community because you knew Wade and Roxy, and they had gone to school with their son, Matt, and, you know, you were a pastor down in the cities, and you came out here, and then were uh, still work in the cities, but when we had an opening where our pastor of adult ministries, Ron Burgett, left, you were here, and how God brought that relationship together. Or I think of when Dan Lundberg uh, left as our uh, worship pastor, and how we were looking for somebody who could lead us. Um, Chaz, who led worship today, and her husband, Tori, had just come to our church a few months before that. Just the right time. 
And all the way through in our ministry, I think about people coming at just the right time. And some of you have heard me say this before, but I think um, God just knew that I needed a lot of help. (laughs) And so he brought a lot of really good people here uh, so that he could do what he has done through this church. I praise God for the amazing unity that we have enjoyed. That's one of our core values, unity of spirit and purpose. And people still to this day will comment on our congregational business meetings and the spirit that is there and the the celebration that is of what God is doing and giving thanks to him. And there are people who have come and who have told me, I mean, I've heard this comment several times, that I just haven't been to business meetings like this. That unity, that sense that we are in this together. And we've had some tough things along the way, and we've had challenges, and not everything's gone smoothly all the time. There have been things that we've had to work through, but God has been in it, and you have been so good. I also chuckle about how uh, we've had many near-unanimous votes in our church at our business meetings. Uh, We've had votes like 126 to 1 or recently 212 to 2. And I kind of would be puzzled by that sometimes. And a number of years ago, a man who who doesn't attend here, but who had been one of the members in our church, and then they moved away. Before he moved, he told me that he was one of those guys who always voted no because he didn't think that a a vote should ever be unanimous. (laughs) I'm like, you know, you stinker, what is going on here? (laughs) At least I knew who it was, but it just kind of struck me as what was behind that, you know, all those years. So praise God for what he has done. We are a family. Jesus said by this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. And you have done that. In recent years, we have seen how powerful that witness is in the way that we have come alongside those in our church who are going through trials. Maybe it's a battle with cancer. Maybe it's something with their children. Or maybe it is the loss of a loved one. And we have seen how sometimes the most powerful witness to a watching world is still the way that believers... Excuse me. It's still the way that believers face death. And I know that touches my heart. When I think of the hope that we have in Christ and how um, you have walked with God and you have held on to him. And I, I recently said to someone in our church, you know, that I know that this loss was the toughest thing that you've ever gone through. And I will say it's the toughest thing I've gone through. And I say that because I care about you. It's part of being a shepherd. We love one another. We pray for one another. And we bear one another's burdens. And you have done that well. What Gail and I are going to treasure are our relationships that we have with so many of you. And even though I'll be stepping down from this role and taking a different position with the Evangelical Free Church, um, 
It gives me great joy to know that we are going to continue in this church and in this community. The district has suggested that we take a break of four to eight months for personal refreshment, a little different season of life. Um, and I think about that. I think about my sister who is here and who one, her, one of the first questions she asked me was, does this mean you're going to have weekends? You know, I... <laughs> I just, I don't know what weekends are like. I mean, it's been, it's been different. Um, and in some ways, a pastor in our schedule, we're a little bit out of step with the rest of the world. But it will be great to be able to continue those relationships with you. And I do ask for your prayers as I step into this new role of working with pastors and missionaries and giving leadership to our denomination's benefits plan. And then lastly, I want to say thank you to the Lord for calling us here. Don Johnson shared last night his version of how that came about. And, and it was accurate, but I'm going to share a couple other things that went into that. Um. Gail and I did a full-year internship up in Fargo, North Dakota. I'd gone to seminary two years, and we did an internship there. I thought it would be good to have that experience working in an evangelical free church over the course of a year. And it was a, a wonderful church. They were new. They had just been meeting for five years. They were still in rented facilities. And so there were a lot of things that would parallel what happened here. I didn't know that at the time, but it was just a really good experience. And we had such a good experience that actually, when it came around to the spring in April, they were going to take a vote to have us stay as an associate pastor there. So I do the interviews with the district superintendents and all of them. That happened in February, and they're all saying, well, when you get that thing figured out in Fargo, let us know. So my name wasn't getting put in anywhere. And then they voted, and it and it failed by just a couple votes. And, and one of the guys who was really wanting us to stay was so disappointed, and he came over just apologetic. And he's like, I don't know what happened, you know? It's one of those things where maybe a husband came and the wife didn't come to the meeting, and so one voted but not the other, and it just missed by a little bit. So as crazy as it may sound, they wanted to do it again in, like, June. Well, we were in the midst as a church, it was Salem Evangelical Free Church, of buying a building. The senior pastor who mentored me was out of the country. He was in Romania on a mission trip and going to be gone for like six weeks or eight weeks, something like that. I'm, I'm probably the only intern that ever bought a church building while the senior pastor was gone. <laughs> and it, it was just crazy. So they had another call and a vote and... It failed again. And I, I really think part of that, you know, looking back, it was like, you know, they were buying a building and there were a lot of people who didn't know if they could afford to both buy a building, stretch for this mortgage, it was a large building, and bring on another pastor. But I think that God was in that. And uh, in that summer, I would candidate at two other churches that were in rural settings that just did not seem like a fit for my gifts. But I was puzzled. We came to the end of uh, 
August into September, and we had candidate that's one church they wanted us to come, and, and I went back to the pastor's group where we were meeting as prayer partners, and I said to them, I don't know what the Lord's doing. Maybe I'm reading this wrong. And so here's what I'd like you to pray. Unless God clearly shows us otherwise, uh, I'm going to say yes to this other church. I had a week to make that decision. It was a Monday I asked for that prayer, and by the following Sunday, I would need to give them an answer. And Don Johnson called on Wednesday of that week. And you heard him last night say that when I asked him, what are you guys looking for in a church? He said, he didn't tell me this, but he's thinking in his mind, that's a really good question. I wish we had <laughs> talked about that. But what he shared in his response was like he was reading off my prayer card. I had a list of things that I had been praying for for over a year of the kind of church that I wanted to be a part of. You see, I always wanted to be part of a church where people were coming to know the Lord on a consistent basis where people were growing in their faith and disciples were being made and we would use small groups and we would have these kind of ABF groups that would help people to grow in Christ, where laborers would be raised up for the harvest. When I came, I prayed, God put on my heart to pray for 20 who would go into full-time ministry. And to see that doubled is a great blessing. God has done exceedingly abundantly beyond all that I could ask or imagine. And God has done that, and to him belongs all the glory. And when Paul says, this is my prayer, this is my prayer for you, that your love for God and for people would continue to grow that you would grow in your knowledge of God and in his will for your life, that you would choose the things that are excellent, that are honoring to him, and that you would be pure and blameless until the day of Christ Jesus to the glory and praise of God. I thank God for you. I thank God for our wonderful staff. I thank God for all of you who have served as elders through the years, and you've been so significant in my life and in this church. I thank you who have served on ministry teams, and all of you who have been volunteers who have given so much to this church. To God be the glory. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray, and I'm, I'm going to pray, and then we're going to move into something very special, uh, passing the baton ceremony. So let me pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for all that you have done. Thank you for the joy it has been to be the senior pastor at this church. What a privilege. Thank you for these dear friends who have been so um, willing to serve, such wonderful partners in ministry all these years. Thank you for calling Pastor Jason here and his family to be the next senior pastor of our church. Thank you for the way that you have supplied time and time again, and I know you will do that going forward too. I pray that you would continue to use this church and these people to be a life for Christ in our community and around the world. And we pray this all for the glory and honor of your name. Amen. All right. Well, I would like to ask uh, Pastor Jason and Kim and the elders to come forward at this time. Um.
Entschuldigung. And Paul, would you grab that bag? All right. Good. And you've got a microphone. Great. <laughs> I need to get my notes so I don't forget anything here. This is not something we do very often. <laughs> uh, Jason, I want to read the passage that Dave Lindy read last night from 1 Peter 5. I didn't know he was going to read that, and I thought it was really interesting that he picked the same uh, passage of Scripture. 1 Peter 5, verses 2 to 4. It calls us to be shepherds of God's flock that is under our care, serving as overseers not because we must, but because you are willing as God wants you to be. Not greedy for money, but eager to serve. Not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. Jason, you have been called by God and by this congregation to be the next senior pastor of Lakes Free Church. And with God's help, and with the faithful prayers of his people, do you accept that call? I do. I do. And to you as a church, I would ask you, to you as a church, commit yourselves to pray for Pastor Jason and Kim and Caleb and Addie, to love them and encourage them and support them? Do you promise to be faithful in your commitment to them? If so, answer, we do. And Jason and Kim, I would like you to kneel here, if you would, and we're going to gather around you and pray, and I'd like to ask two or three of you as elders to pray, and then I'm going to close our time in prayer with them. You know, and I'll say this to you before we pray, too. If you just want to extend your hands and join in prayer for Jason and Kim, too, we'll do this all together. Oh, Heavenly Father, we just um, come today, and we just come with just great praise and glory. And you just—you are an amazing God, and uh, mm -hmm. we just thank you for Pastor Rick and the blessings you've given to us uh, through him in this church. And today, as we bring Pastor Jason and his family into our pastoral leadership, we just thank you for bringing him eight years ago to us. You're—you have a great master plan, and this is, as we've said many times, your church. And we are so blessed. And we just continue to pray for Jason and pray mm -hmm. for uh, you to continue to speak and lead through him and let him continue to lead us in this church, in this community, and in this world to make a difference yeah. for you. Lord, I too want to thank you for Pastor Jason and Kim and his family. I pray that you would continue to give him wisdom, continue to grow him in you like you have, Pastor Rick, over these years and allow you to work through him. Father God, to, to you be the glory for today, and, and only to you. And I'm, I'm comforted to know that as we, uh, we say goodbye to, uh, to one great shepherd that honors you, that we, uh, we say hello to a new one. And I just, uh, whew, I pray for, uh, for Jason and Kim, and, and just uh, that they would uh, 
know how much they're loved. Yeah. And for Rick and Gail, too. I just, uh, I praise you for, for the gifts you've given Jason and the gifts you've given Kim. And I just, yeah. uh, I want to make sure that, uh, that you know, and I know you know this, that, that everything we, we do and say this morning is for your glory. We honor Jason and Kim, we honor Rick and Gail, but we give you all the glory. And Father, I thank you too for Jason and Kim, Caleb and Addie. We love them. Thank you for bringing him here. And I pray that you would fill Jason with your spirit, that you would anoint and use his preaching and teaching to feed your people, that you would give him wisdom as he works with our boards and gives leadership to this church. And thank you that just like for me, we are not alone in this, but we are a team working together. And by your spirit, you empower and direct and guide. And so I just pray that you would give him great joy in this role, bear much fruit through him, protect him from the enemy's attacks, and give him that, that wonderful sense of your presence at all times. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please stand. Well, Jason, I had this made for this occasion, a baton that says, Lakes Free Church, Shepherd the Flock, 1 Peter 5, verses 1 to 4. It's my pleasure to hand this to you. Praise God. Thank you. All right, I think we're supposed to step down. I'm not sure what's coming next. I... <laughs>